Isaiah 45. This is an unusual moment. I'll go ahead and tell you. As they were singing, you're a God all by yourself. He's talking, of course, it's speaking to the sovereignty of this living God. You're God from beginning to the end. You know, it says of the Lord, he is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Although he has no beginning, no end. He always has been and always will be. In our existence, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He doesn't need a man's help. <laughs> he is God. Times and seasons are in his hand. He is God. I was just thinking that, and, and as we were singing that, he spoke to my heart and he says, I am the Lord your God, and beside me there is no other. <laughs> He is the Lord, our God. Whether you believe him or don't believe him, you acknowledge him or don't acknowledge him, he is, the, he is God, and beside him there is no other. He is God. So I took just a second to make sure I, you know, I, I know addresses, at least the vicinity. I can get in the zip code. But I, I know we were speaking of Isaiah, but I needed the address. And when, I, and when I began to read it, this is a holy moment, I do believe, at Mag Church. Before I go any further, I, I will be here at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Doors open 7 o'clock every day this week in this sanctuary for prayer. Anybody that can and will, if it's one or, or 50 or 100 or anything in between, will be here and, and it'll be a time for just that, just to pray. There'll probably be a prayer guide. I'm not sure if it'll be for the week or day by day yet because I'm just following the trail. Sometimes you just got to follow the trail. <laughs> and I will go ahead and say that uh, there's some people in this room, I would call anybody that can and would to fast at whatever the Lord would speak to you, and he would speak to you. Every believer has a, has, has a time of fasting. I'm not talking about Lent here. Don't hear me. It's not, we're not talking about liturgical gobbledygook. We're, we're not talking about binge and then, and then starve. We're talking about this kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. He's been dealing with me and now's the time. There's others I know that has texted me he's been dealing with you. There, contrary to popular belief that there is not a biblically assigned uh, length and, uh, of time to fast. He will speak to your heart and you will know. And he will probably challenge you. But I'm calling you to whoever can and will. Everybody can something. Before we read, let me say this. Fasting is just that. It's not television. It's not Facebook. It's not chocolate. It's not Coke. Fasting is just that. A biblical fast is just that. Amen, oh me. <laughs> Whatever that is. Some people it will be, because of situations, it may be one meal in a day. 
or a day. Some people it may be all week. Some people it may be a day. Some people it may be from lunch on, whatever. What, you pray. And he will answer. I'll be here at 7 o'clock Monday through Friday this week. Anybody that can and will join me. Because there are some things that are not going to happen without it. Well, for, I'll tell you frankly, there's nothing going to happen without prayer. God will make room for a praying man. Some of the things we'll be praying for is, first and foremost, is just a sovereign move of God in this, in this body of believers. I can tell you that. That for a spirit of liberty to come on this place that is so desperately needed. For a fresh hunger and urgency for a move of the Spirit and the baptism and the Holy Ghost that is still for today. That will be part of it. That there will be just old-fashioned breakthrough in the house that will last more than a flash in the pan. That will be a, that will be a markable moment on the calendar of, of Mag Church in Southeast Texas that God showed up and moved. When we get tired. Some people still don't see it, don't care. But he doesn't need everybody. If just a few, if just a few will get hold of it, everybody will benefit. And listen, we're happy to you when, when God begins to move, we're happy for you to be a joiner. <laughs> Some people get upset about it. We're happy. It, it, we're happy for you to be a joiner. Get a, dive head, head first. Amen? Isaiah 45, if you would, this morning. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. That stirs me. <laughs> and maybe you don't even know why yet. Cyrus was a heathen king. He was a Babylonian king. He was not anything to do with the Jews or God's people. I'm talking about the sovereignty of God. Let me tell you, before we read any further, hear me, Mag Church, and hear me, Church World, that might see through that camera. He is God, and he can do anything he wants to through anybody he wants to do it at any time he wants to, and he doesn't have to ask you. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't need the AG's uh, uh, permission or the church of God's permission, or some smart aleck evangelist's permission. He doesn't need anybody's permission. He is God, and he can do anything he wants to, at any place he wants to, for any reason he wants to. Do it right here. God, would you look at this country one more time? Would you look on this country one more time? Would you call Osiris one more time if it need be? You know, I think he would rather have one of his people. But if he has to call another Cyrus, he will call another Cyrus. You know why? Because he is God. He's God. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord. To his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, to loose the armor of kings, to open him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. Listen to what he said to a heathen. I will go before you. 
and make the crooked path straight. I will, I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of the darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I am the Lord. <laughs> that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, I am the God of Israel. For Jacob's, listen to why, he, listen to why he's calling a heathen king. Listen to why. For Jacob's sake. Who is that? That's Israel. That's for his, the, that's for his children, for the apple of his eye. I'll remind you, this is the people that Jeremiah prophesied that says, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. That it is a plan to prosper you, not to hurt you, not to destroy you. It's a good plan. And, it, and his plan was you're going to go into captivity for 70 years, It'll be, and it's for your benefit. This is, the, this is when they're, they're about to be turned back. 70 years later, he's moving on the heart of a heathen king. Just as, it, you know Why? Somebody, if you don't walk out here on anything this morning, because he said so. That's one thing that the church needs to get back in its spirit. That why would we do that? Because he said so. Jeff and I were talking about it last week because I'm going to head to, to Jerusalem in just a few weeks. And he was talking about when, when Jesus made his triumphal entry into, the, into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And they were laying down their coats and they were pulling down the palm branches. And they were praising Hosanna, Hosanna. I was talking about things that may be there and things that may not be there. Maybe it happened here, maybe it didn't happen there. He said, you know, the rocks are, around those gates are the very rocks that Jesus pointed to and says, if you don't praise me, these rocks rocks are going to cry out and you hear me what I'm talking about because God said so he told him he told him that 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 the, that the son of man he would come on a borrowed colt and he would come in to shouts of hosanna and praises and Jesus come in he said if you hadn't praised me if you had not praised me look around the rocks would have cried out you know why because God said so. You will come in to praises and hosannas. We need to understand again, there are things, everything that we do as a believer. And every, every, why should I do this or why should, why should I live this way? What makes this, so, what makes this so unique? I'll tell you why. Because he said so. That's why. That's something that, uh, you, did anybody ever have a parent when you were growing up and you say, do this, and you say, why? And then, boy, it needs to come back. It needs to come back. It needs to come back. Somebody hear me. It needs to come back. It needs to come. You can, you can respond or I can keep saying it. It needs to come back. You know what the answer was many times right there, Jr. Because I said so. We have a rebellious society that does not like any authority, including if you're not respecting a parent, you don't respect God. If you are rebellious, the Bible says you it is as the sin of witchcraft. Why do we lift up the bloodstained banner? Why do we point you to the Word? Because it is thus, saith the Lord. And all that matters is because He said so. That's why. That is why. Because He said so. 
There's been people all over this country that doesn't think God can use a base man with a foul mouth. There's been people, you know, I think he has preferences. But when God, you know what happens when God's people don't stand up and fill the role that he's called them to? He will raise up a Cyrus. He will raise up a heathen. He will raise up one that will just hear him and walk after him. And it's not, it wasn't for Cyrus's sake. It wasn't for Babylonian's sake that he was willing to use a heathen king. It was for Jacob's sake that he was willing to call a Cyrus and say, I will go before you. I will blow open the iron gates. It's for my people's sake. You know why? Because he told the children of Israel, you will come out in 70 years. Because I said so. Hallelujah. Somebody get it in your spirit this morning. That there is a God that has it all under control. That he has written his plan down. And if you will walk in it, this is the way. He says, walk you in it. That he will come and go before you. He goes before you. Church, he goes before you. For Jacob's sake. And Israel, my elect. I have even called you. By your name, talking to Cyrus, a heathen. I have named you, though you have not known me. Listen to that. I have named you, even though you have not known me. I, you know why? I am the Lord. (laughs) I am the Lord, and there is no other. You hear me, Secretary General of the UN. Hear me, leaders of Hamas and all your demon minions. Hear me, President of Turkey. Hear me, Joe Biden. Hear me, Speaker of the House. Hear me, President of the Senate. Hear me, Supreme Court Justices. Because I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. He said, Cyrus, I will gird you though, I have, though you have not known me. You know why? He, I am the Lord because I am God. And I keep my word. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. He keeps his word. And he will keep his people. That you may know who? Cyrus. From the rising of the sun to its setting. That there is none beside me. There, we have vain men today all over this world that think that they're moving the needle, that think that, they, that they're changing the society, that they think that, that they, are, they are literally making their self into some little demigod, that, uh, some messianic figure that thinks that the world can follow them. And he would say to them, I will say to you, beside me there is no other. One of the most dangerous things you can do is what, the, is what Satan himself done when in his heart he said, I will ascend to the Most High. I will be like the Most High. I, I, I. And Jesus said, when, because he was there from the beginning in, in the Gospels, Jesus said, Satan, I saw you fall like lightning to the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyone that's going to think they're going to do a sin, they need to realize that there's none beside him. (laughs) This world is in him and beneath his feet. 
It says the earth, the, the earth is the full is, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he talks about that the that that the, the heaven that he sits on the circle of the earth and it's the heavens are his footstool. <laughs> Listen, it's all under him. It's all under him. It's all under him. There's no one that's ever came to power that, that didn't come by him. There's nothing that's ever happened that didn't come through him. And that he holds all power in his hand. You say, all the good and all the bad and all the ugly. Absolutely. All the good, all the bad, and all the ugly came through him. Say, well, then why is there hurting? There is a mystery of iniquity and a mystery of godliness that it says right now you see through a glass darkly, but then you're going to know. There, what you need to understand, human being, that you have a finite mind that understands finite things, but there is an infinite God who is supreme above all that he sits on the circle of this earth. And he, didn't, he said to lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. There are things you are never going to understand. But Jeff, I am never going to lose out on the things of God about things I don't understand to a known God. No way. No way. No way. It's all him. All the time. Hallelujah. From though they know me from the that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. For I am the Lord and there is no other. Hear me. There is no other. You need to get it in your spirit. There is no other. When you say, I don't have to live that way, that's for everybody else. Hear me. There is no other. There is no other. There is no other. Let me tell you what, there, there is no other way. There's no other, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other. It's a one-way path. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other. There's no salvation in any other. There's no peace in any other. There's no joy in any other. There's no strength in any other. Some of you are running around trying to find joy and, 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 and promiscuous sexuality. There's some of you trying to find joy in your financial situation. You think if I can take just a little more, I'll be happy. There's some of you that's trying to find joy in, 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 in your ability to produce. Beside him, there is no other. There is no other. The Laodicean church thought the same thing. We're rich and increased in goods and I needed nothing. But Jesus said, but I say to you, and that's, let me tell you, what I want you to hear, church, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But I say to you, you're poor, you're wretched, blind, and naked. He says, purchase for yourself, I salve, that you may be able to see. He said, behold, this is the last day's church. This is today's church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's on the outside of his own church. He's on the outside of his own church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, which man? Any man. If any man open the door and let me in, I'll come in and I'll sit with him. And he with me. I am the Lord. Verse 7. And there is no other. Listen to what he says. I formed the light 
and create the darkness. I form the light. I create the darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, what did I just tell you? I, the Lord, do all these things. Rain down, you heavens, from above. And let the sky pour down righteousness. Oh, God, let it be. Did you? Rain down, you heavens, from above. And let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Come on, church. Let me speak to this age right now. Are you ready? Woe to him. Let me tell you about when the word of God says woe. You're talking about the God of the universe about to pronounce judgment. Woe. Oh, you don't understand. People get all caught up in the revelation. It's amazing how many heathens are interested in the revelation. They don't even know they're reading their own destruction. They love the apocalyptic verses. But let me tell you what they are. It begins with seven woes. Woe. To him who strives with his maker. Let me spend just a moment there. When you say, I can live any way I want to, you are striving with your maker. When you say, I am a mistake, you are striving with your maker. When you say, I think I'm a woman when you were born a man, you are striving with your maker. When you believe you are a woman, when you were born a woman and you believe you're a man, you are striving with your maker. Whenever you believe I can shack up and call myself a believer that, that, that fornication and adultery does not apply to me, I'm special. You are striving with your maker. When you believe you can be a reveler and a partier and a, and a drunk and still be okay with God, you are striving with your maker. There are struggles that you can struggle with, but when you accept the sin that Bible says will separate you from God and you, and you think you are the exception that you don't need him, you are striving with your maker. Woe to him. I can name a thousand things. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the, let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Do you hear what he's saying? Shall the clay say to the potter, what are you making? No, I can tell you right now, the, pot, the power's in the potter's hand, not in the clay. I can tell you right now, the power is in the potter's hand, not in the clay. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or shall the handiwork say who he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what are you begetting? Or to the woman, what have you brought forth? Mm. Let me stop there a second. Woes, when we think we're in control of life. 
Oh, you don't understand, preacher. They're severely deformed. You don't understand, preacher. They'll, have, they'll be better off not in this life. You don't understand. Let me tell you something, sir. Let me tell you something, madam, with your abominable, God-forsaken attitude. God is the giver of life. God, God is in charge of life from the beginning to the end. God, God knows the beginning from the end. And it is, not, it is not up to you to decide about quality of life or length of life. And by the way, life is not for your convenience of life. God, God the word says, whoa. Boy, it got quiet in a hurry. It went from shout to mm. Because we're believing that postmodern garbage that life is disposable. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people in this room that you started buying that garbage on the, on, on the, on the birth end. Let me tell you, you're getting old enough that it's fixing to be the garbage on the, on the death end. Because the, the same ones are fixing to start deciding when your quality of life is no longer worth you taking breath. And they'll start, decide, they'll start saying things like, we're going to give them dignity in their death. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give them the option or we're going to help them lead this world with dignity. God forbid. God forbid, woe, woe unto them, woe unto them. Life is precious. Let me just throw something in there because I can hear the morons right now. Not the oxymorons, just the plain old morons. You say, well, how is it that you are okay with putting a criminal to death, but you're not okay with abortion and infanticide and, and genocide and all the other sides? Let me talk to you about it in, in, the, in taking a breath this morning. That is God's testimony to what, how he feels about life. You don't understand. Capital punishment, hear me. Capital punishment was God's idea. And he sets a very high standard for it. And it's not, we call it capital punishment. That's not, it, it's not about punishment with God. Oh, y'all are, I've, everybody tune in. First of all, when somebody was killed in the Bible for murder, it, it could never be on one witness. It had to be in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Multiple people had to say it. They could be jailed. They could be a lot of things, but they couldn't be killed just on a whim. Why? Because life is precious. All life is precious. You're not hearing me. But when there was proven, they were executed for their murder, for their crime. Why? Oh, a deterrent. Oh, people say, oh, if we go back to executing, it would deter. No. No. Punishment has never, decured, never deferred or, or, or diminished crime. Not now, not then, not ever. Y'all don't believe me. Then why do people do things they know they're going to go to prison for? They know they're going to if they get caught because when the, when they, when the law is catching up with them, they run, they fight, they, they barricade, they, they stand off, they take hostages. Why? Because they knew ahead of time what the consequences were. 
Consequences, you need to understand something. Consequences have no bearing on the sinner because sin is insane. Y'all, oh. I need the same people that were shouting about 10 minutes ago to get back with me. Because see, execution for murder is God and the sanctity of life. It's not punishment. It's not deterrent. It is you took the ultimate gift from, that I gave them from them. It is you took my power in your own hands. See, because life and death was with God. You don't understand. That's why when you kill a child, you've got a problem with God because you've decided with, that they were valuable or not valuable and how long they live. That's why when you, when, and when you kill somebody in, in, in homicide, by the way, when the Bible says thou shalt not kill, the more accurate translation is thou shalt not murder. Biblical worldview. See, it's not about government deterrent and crime. It's about the, 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 the value of life and the preservation of life and you for, when you step into God's shoes and take the thing that only he can give. We talked about in Sunday school this morning, only he can give life. Amen. It's way early, so I got time. Only God can give life. He gives us knowledge that involves life, but only God can create life. Oh, the scientists think they have done it. You know, I talked about it in Sunday. How many, uh, most of y'all are old enough in this room, remember when they called, when they, when they broke news, when, uh, it was probably still Cronkite at the time, that the first test, test tube baby. Can y'all imagine that kind of lingo today? Y'all, who, who remembers? Show me so I don't think I'm crazy. Test tube baby. Oh, we've produced life. No, you didn't. You didn't produce life. That life still came the same way that it always has came from the beginning. That, a, that an egg and a sperm met and, and conceived in life. You had God's ingredients. You didn't create anything. He gave knowledge to help people. But you didn't create anything. You didn't have the ingredients, nor could you create the ingredients. Let me tell you something. I told them this morning in Sunday school, there's 9 billion people almost on this earth. And they, see, the Bible said that life is in the seed. How many of you know life is in the seed? Come on, you're not so bored that you can't have a little, uh, little biblical science left. And life is in the seed. Lest the seed fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it's planted and it dies, it will spring forth and bring life. It will, it, I, there's never been a seed for a seed. There's never one time been a seed for a seed. You plant, you plant corn, you're going to get 800 kernels of corn approximately. But the life is in the seed and all, we got telecommunications that I can talk to you from hours off the grid in untouched Africa and use my phone. That's amazing. We got, we got all, we don't, we, you know how we are. But you know what they still can't do? They still can't create life. He can give us knowledge. I told him that at nine billion people on this world, if there wasn't not, if God didn't give us the knowledge to take a seed and 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 create a hybrid, 
that produces bigger fruit and more fruit. That's knowledge. The Bible said in the last days, knowledge will what? Increase. That's knowledge. If that hadn't happened, the world would starve to death today. There's no way that we could sustain. And God gave us the ability, the knowledge to create, to, to, to uh, uh, manipulate for more food. But they still can't take that basic seed and create it out of nothing. Life. Life. And it's precious. If the church doesn't believe that, God help, whoa. Whoa. If we don't understand that in the beginning, God, whoa. If you don't understand that human, that human beings are the height of God's creation. Human beings are the height of God's creation. I want to tell the whole audience, because you wouldn't in my Sunday school class this morning. Because I'm talking about he is God and beside him there is no other. There is no other. This world, this, the, the media and the fools running this show that, that, are, that are elevating themselves to, to, to the place of God. That's what they are. They're fools. They're trying to tell the world today that, that mankind is destroying the, the creation, destroying the earth. It's impossible. Mm, that was a little murmur. That should have been stronger in a Bible-believing church. Because as long as, as, long as God, there's seed, time, and harvest. That God is in charge of this thing. And when you go back to the beginning, in the beginning, God, God spoke a world into existence. But he created man out of the dust of the earth with his own hands and breathed the Holy Spirit into him. And man became a living soul. He gave him dominion over all the earth, named it. It's all for us, not us for the world. He gave us the good sense not to destroy ourselves. And by the way, we don't even have the power to do it. Some of y'all hearing some things from us, that's okay. Hear me. Some of you are doubting right now. The United States by itself, never mind Russia, never mind China, never mind Israel, never mind Pakistan, never mind China, Whoever else has nuclear capability in weaponry. The United States alone has enough nuclear weaponry to destroy every life form on this earth over and over right now. And they are, and we are, a, were at least a nation of laws and we have not done that. But let me tell you something. There are demon-possessed dictators that have that power today. You ain't hearing me. There are Islamic-controlled, demon-possessed dictators that have that power. Kim Jong-un, no doubt, has that power right now. There's no doubt in my mind. And we know Pakistan does, and we know China does. And they would love nothing more to destroy the Western world. They would love nothing more to destroy Israel. They want to. You're not listening to me. Because I'm talking about, I'll go back for Jacob's sake. 
for Jacob's sake. Let me tell you something about people that, oh yeah, we are the problem and we are destroying the world. Let me tell you, in the hands of demon-possessed dictators today that would love nothing more to wipe out every Jew and every Christian if they had the chance, they wouldn't even blink. Jeff, they have the power. It's at their disposal. What is stopping them? You tell me what is stopping them. I'll tell you what is stopping them. I am the Lord your God. And beside me, there is no other. Things happen when he says it will happen. If they could control it, they would have already done it. For Jacob's sake. Whoa. (laughs) Woe to him who says to his father, what are you begetting? In case you think I've stretched the scripture, he is saying that is conception. Woe to your father, what are you begetting? Or to the woman, what have you brought forth? He's talking about life, children, babies, conception. Thus says the Lord. Well, that, that, those words ought to make everybody always perk up. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. And concerning the work of my hands. What did we just talk about? The work of his hands. You command me. I have made the earth. What did we just talk about? I have made the earth and created man on it. Who has? I have, thus said the Lord. I have. My hands stretched out the heavens. (laughs) And all their hosts I have commanded. How many of the hosts? Host. All of them. Let me tell you, do you know who that is? That is the angelic world. That is the demonic world. That is the fallen angel world. Where, what is, what is, what is, Satan, he's the prince of the power of the air. Where is the spiritual realm? Everybody thinks it's in the center of the earth, in hell. No, Satan, devil ain't in hell. The demons aren't in hell. The angels, you know where they're at? They're in the heavenlies. And you know what he says? How many of the hosts? All of the hosts I have commanded. I have raised up in righteousness, and I will direct his ways He's talking about Cyrus again. He will build my city and let my exiles go free. He's talking about Cyrus. Not for price, not for reward, says the Lord. A heathen king from the beginning of the chapter, Cyrus, I will raise up, go before him. It says, he, I have raised him up in a heathen up in righteousness, Jeff. And I will direct all of his ways. You think Cyrus knew all of his ways were directed? Not a chance. We're talking about people that benefited him to have them in captivity. Are y'all hearing that? He will build my city. Capital M. 
He will let my exiles go. Oh, who's that? For Jacob's sake. Not for price. Because see, you know that there's kings of the earth today, presidents and nations now, all will negotiate. Remember October 7th when, when all those demons spawned forth and, over, and killed and raped and tortured and there's still a hundred. By the way, why is there not a, remember, in, some of y'all don't, but some of y'all do. Y'all remember back in 1979, 80, 81, whatever night Walter Cronkite would come on and say day 40. Do y'all remember? Top of every newscast. It defeated a president in office. It did. That issue alone defeated a president in office. Day 50. Day. Why? Because the same people had our people. Had them hostage. Tell me why. Because there's Americans among the hostages still. Tell me why this demon-possessed, driven media is not telling you that. I said what I said. Let me tell you something, Maurice, Phil, Assembly of God, and whoever watches by right now. Propaganda is not only what people say that is not true. And there's a lot of that. Propaganda is what they don't tell you that you need to know. Why is there no outcry that those demon-possessed dogs have Americans? We should be concerned about the Jews as well. Absolutely, we're concerned about the Jews as well. I'm flying to Israel in about a month because of this very situation, by the way. I'm not going on a pleasure trip. I was asked to go by Christians United for Israel to meet with the governments and the, and the defense systems of Israel so that the preachers can come back to America and say, this is really what's going on. You know why? Because the media is not telling you. That's why. Hear me. They negotiate. I'll get, you ever notice in, this, in these negotiations that the people that were attacked they're given a hundred for one. Anybody besides that ever know? Notice? Has anybody ever noticed it? Let me tell you why. Because the people that were attacked innocently, life is important to them. Yeah, I'll trade you a hundred of your dogs for my one. I'll trade you. That's why we do it. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all ain't liking that I'm calling human beings dogs. It's exactly what Jesus called them. Dogs. They're not God's children. When, when, they're, when you're a demon possessed and attacking everything holy, he called them dogs. So will I. I'll tell you why the negotiations work that way. Because that one life is worth all of theirs. I'll make the trade. That's why we do it. That's why Israel does it. Let me tell you why they trade anything. Because they get something out of it. And they, and they live to fight again. And they will. They live to fight again. And they will. And, it's, and, and the value is in the, is in the attack dog. Not in their life. And I want you to hear what God just said about Cyrus. He's the heathen king that has them in captivity. 
said he is going to, he's, he, because of him, they're going to, he's going to build my city. He's going to return my exiles to their place. Look at what he says. Look at what he says. God says, because it's just thus saith the Lord, remember? He will, I will direct all of his ways. He will build my city and let my exiles go, not for price, not for reward. Let me interpret that for you. Cyrus is getting nothing out of this. Nothing. No benefit whatsoever. And why will he do it? Because I said so. Because he says, set, not for price, not for reward, says the Lord of hosts. Let me interpret that. Because I said so. Because I said so. It needs to return to our homes. It needs to return to the body of Christ with godly leadership that will lead would like Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. It needs to return to society. You can't live that way. Why? Because I said so. Oh, let me ask a question. Is there anybody that would be honest in the place? Don't, don't you sometimes hate it when people say, because I said so. Why? Because you want to know. You want to know. And you want to do what you want to do. That's the innate essence of fallen man. I want to do what I want to do. Oh, I lose, I lose y'all in the important part sometimes. Let me tell you about because I said so. With my kids, it wasn't because I was a tyrant and didn't want them to have fun. With your kids at this church, it's not because I'm a tyrant and don't want them to have fun. It's because consequences are written in. It's because I've lived longer and we can, parents, you're supposed to be able to see around corners. And there's some things because I said so, because there, there would be no way you could explain the consequences, even though you know them. Maybe they couldn't deal with the consequences if you explained it. So is it because you're a tyrant? Or is it because you love deeply? Because I said so. There's things as a pastor that I say, I, that somebody will say, well, this is what I'm going to do, pastor. I'm going to do that. I say, no, you're not. Why, why not? I say, well, for one thing, you hadn't prayed about that because if you had, you wouldn't be asking me to do it. Because I know, let me, tell, let me give you a newsflash. There are times I know things that you don't know. And I can't tell you. 
I know that's shocking that some things are none of your business. Not ugly. No, put yourself in the other, on the shoe when, you, when you've came, when it's your life, when it's you that I've walked in. It's you that I know the, 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 the pain and the heartache and what you're dealing with. And, 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 and then I told everybody in the church, no. No. I said, no, you're not going to do that. Why? Well, because I said so. And that's all I can tell you. Am I holding you back? No. There's things that God has reserved only for himself in this life. He says, I know the end from the beginning. There's already been plenty of things in my life that I, that's happened that I don't understand. Never going to understand on this easy, on this side of the earth, on this side of eternity. And he didn't explain it to me. He just says, because I said so. But one thing I, I know, that it's all good all the time. That it's all love and it's all grace and it's all mercy. Even you have to understand there's something that has been lost on the church world today. From thus saith the Lord. There are things, tragedy and calamity. He says that it's all his. That you are never going to understand. And if you don't, if you don't look through the, through the biblical worldview of knowing that all, that all belongs to him. And that he knows the end from the beginning. And that he knows how to take, make all, say all things. What do you think he means in Romans 8 when he says that I make all, cause all things to work together for the good of those who love me and of the call according to all things? What do you think that means? All things. There's things that you couldn't, you wouldn't understand it if he told you so. Call on me. Jeremiah 33.3 I believe. Call on me. What does he say? And I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. There are other things he says that I'm going to bless you. And he says, I, listen to what things like God says. He says, and you wouldn't believe me had I even told you. And I believe in that case it was actually about captivity as well. You wouldn't believe me if I showed you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. When questions come up against Him, He says, Well, I ask God, he said, well, I not. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. Brandon, you can come. Well, I'm God. Will I, will I not do well? You know what he's saying? Will I not do right? 
said, you know who, don't you know who you're talking to? Don't you know who you're talking to? It looks bad, but don't you know that I'll do what's right? I, used to, I usually know off the top of my head, and I can't pull up the, the address again. But there's a little verse that there's some really hard, long years of my life that was full of grace. And I learned who God was. There was one little verse that I grabbed a hold of that I just started believing. And it just says something real simple. It says that he does all things well. Say, I don't know if I can do that. Get to knowing. Because, see, you don't trust anybody that you don't know. I don't trust anybody that I don't know. Do you? Say, I don't know if I, I can just trust God. Well, you, that tells me you need to get to know him. Because let me tell you something. When you get to know him, you will learn that you can trust him. And when you learn that you can trust him, you will take him at his word. Even when you don't understand it. I, I think I can, I have a pretty great certainty that I have five kids that as mad as they get at me sometimes... And want to argue every once in a while that when something's tough and they don't understand it and all those things that they know me well enough and trust me enough to know that I love them and they know that ultimately that I've got their best interest at heart and even when they don't understand what's going on that it's for their good and I love them and they can trust me. And oh my, if an earthly father can get that. That's what it says. It says if if an earthly father knows how to give good things, how much more, how much more does your father in heaven? Oh, start out, this is powerful. But today it culminates in a place of you can trust him. And it says, and the call stand with me all over this place is will you trust him? We can spend the next year, year and a half teaching on a biblical worldview and we're going to. We're going to do that. But we can teach you every truth in the word of God. But if you don't believe him, It's going to hinder you. But there's a lot of things in the coming months. I've been telling you for a long time. I'm telling preachers, pew alike. Say, well, who are you to do that? I can tell you who I am to do that. The one that heard from a holy God this morning. In just a second. You don't hear from me. You've heard from his word. I have went verse by verse. It's all I've done. Expository as it can be. 
just because he dropped a little nugget. I said, that's who I am. That's who I am. Outside of this, I'm nobody. But this is everything. And he's God from beginning to the end. Times and seasons are in his hand. And he does all things well. And hear me. The next year is not going to look like anything you've ever seen. And these elections and all the world, geo, world, world geopolitical situation will look like nothing you've ever seen. You can count on that. And you better get it in your heart now or you're going to be scared to death. That there is a God who can, who can and will use anybody. And you know why it'll happen? Because he said so. That's it. I know that didn't end in dramatic fashion. I need to be able to hear him when he whispers because I said so just as much as when he booms because I said so. It means the same thing whether it's a still small voice saying, I say, God, why do I do that? And he said, as it is when he would show up when the prophet wanted to hear from God so there was a windstorm violent wind God wasn't in it there was an earthquake he wasn't in it there was a firestorm He wasn't there. Then there came a still, small voice. And he said, here I am. You need to be so close to him and understand because he said so that just a whisper. Just a whisper is all you need. It's a scary thing when God has to scream at you. It's a scary thing when God has to scream at you. I preached a message years ago that says, is your donkey about to speak? I've heard a bunch of fools talk about God can use a donkey. Let me tell you something. If God has to send you a talking donkey, it's that talking donkey is the only thing that's standing between you and death. When Balaam was going to prophesy against the Lord, the captain of the host of Israel, that donkey backed him to the wall three times. It backed him to the wall. And then when he was, when he was still arguing, the donkey began to talk. The donkey was closer to God than the prophet. When God has to scream. You may be closer to eternity than you could ever dream. But if you will ever come to the place, and just because he said so, you can hear him say, turn here. No, no, no. Yes. Not today. 
not now. Do this. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. God forbid. Why? Because he screamed? No. Because he said so. See, this is not a cage. It's not a prison. It's not a trap to keep you in. It's a guardrail to keep you from getting killed. That's what it is. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that speaks still today. Illuminate it. Make it alive. Bring me to a place that I trust just the nudge. Just the nudge of your spirit. Maybe, maybe just a bump. Maybe, maybe you don't even have to speak. Uh, just a nudge. Because I said so. God, bring the demon-possessed people in this room to a place that they can be delivered where they want to be. They've dealt with it for years. But you will never overpower a person's will to be set free in this room. Not in Africa, not in South America, not in downtown Beaumont, at Mag Church on January 28th at 1205. Bring them to a place that they will run to your feet. Set them free. Hear my cry. Oh God. Breathe on this place. Breathe on this place. Breathe on this place. Whatever it takes, God, to change young hearts and minds that believe the lies of this world. Whatever it takes for the oppressed that are plenty. But hear me in this place right now, possessed. God, bring them to a place and set them free. Bring their will to your will. Set them free. We ask, would you make in the stillness of the moment, this is a stillness of the moment day, would you just breathe to him maybe under your breath, but use your voice, God, I want to trust you. I make a determination to, to let my will be lost in thine, as Fanny Crosby so famously wrote. Let my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer. Let your ways reign and your will come to my life. Why? Because you said so. There's someone in this house today. You're lost. 
You're not a little lost. You're eternally lost. You're not kind of lost. There's no such thing. You are lost. There's nothing funny. There's no reason for even a smile on a face. I can't imagine why there would be a smile on anybody's face right now. I don't have any tolerance for that. You might as well understand it. You can be rebellious if you want to, but you won't be disrespectful in the presence of the Lord, not in my presence. Lord, they're lost. We're talking about souls in the balance. How dare you? In fact, I'll tell you straight up, I rebuke that. So just so you understand it clearly, that is a clear rebuke, and you know who I'm talking to. Souls are in the balance, including yours. Today, listen to me, somebody, today is the day of salvation. You know how I know? Because he said so. You don't, you can't, religion won't do it, and I'm good won't do it because you're not good. You're lost. And you must be born again. You know why? Because he said so. And my opinion don't count and neither does yours. He said, if you'll call on his name and believe in your heart that he's Lord, God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. And you'll become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Is that you today? Is that you today? Is that you today? It's between you and him. We're going to pray out loud. Listen, repeating words never has saved anybody. I've always known that and so do you. But when we bring you to a place that you know where you're at, you're lost. That's where you're at. You're lost. If you, if you die right now, you're going to hell. Not a 10-minute hell or a year hell, an eternal hell. Separation from God, eternal damnation, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Where the fire is not quenched and the worm dies not. That's where you're going. But you don't have to. Because the word declares that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you must be. You must be. You must be. So when you make him, when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, he saves you right then. Repeating words don't do it. It's what believing in your heart does. All over this house, heads are bowed still. But every voice that will, you pray with me. Repeat. Father in heaven, I love you. And I come to you in the name of Jesus. And today I know I'm lost. I'm separated from you. If I died right now, I would be eternally damned it got quieter but today I cry out to you and I ask you to save me I believe you sent your son to die for me to wash me clean today I ask you to be Lord of my life change me Cleanse me. 
save me. I confess you as Lord. And faith has came that I believe. Now, Lord, send your grace that saves. And right now, I thank you for the peace that's flooding my soul, for the salvation that has come by your grace and mercy. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Listen, today, if faith, came, if faith had arisen in your heart and you prayed that prayer out of faith and you believe, you are something brand new right now. And I want to tell you, and I'm going to tell you why. Hear me, old school Pentecostals, which I am one of. <laughs> it won't be because you cried or didn't cry. It won't be because you feel different or don't feel any different, but I, you will. Some today, some later. It's not because of how you feel. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, Romans 10 and, and chapter 10 says you shall be saved. Because it's with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Today it won't be because you cried, got emotional, because you felt guilt of your sin. Guilt of your sin is what brought you to him. That's called conviction. It won't be because of any of those things. It will be because he said so. So when you walk out the door or wake up in the morning, there's going to be a voice that accuses. The Bible says immediately the fowls of the air came to devour the seed. There'll be a voice, hear me. There'll be a voice that accuses that says, eh, you know who you are. Huh? Nothing has changed. Huh? Oh, what do you, what do you think? They're magic? See, see, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's always accusatory. Always. And you can fire back. Y'all don't act like that. Y'all don't. <laughs> you know you hear, you, you hear the, the, those voices. That's not schizophrenia. That's, a, that's the enemy of your soul saying you're nothing. He's trying to tell you to kill yourself, you're nothing. That's a, that's a lying demon devil. That's not you, that's him. But when you, you just gave your heart, you just made him Lord of your life, he'll try to say nothing has changed. See, you're going to believe somebody. If you walk out and believe that, you believe. You're going to believe somebody. You say, oh, nothing's changed. You say, yes, it has. I'm a new creation. They say, no, you're not. What makes you think that? Because he said so. Because he said so. Because he said so.